So Ephesians has so many good themes to it. And I've come back to Ephesians over the years to highlight real special themes. And, and uh, in Ephesians 2, there are um, a couple verses that we know really well, and God's all over them as far as we're concerned. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast. But you know, in the context, there's a, whole, there's a whole lot of other really good stuff about clarifying stuff about works. And, you know, there are different um, people that I talk to have different response to the whole idea of good works. But I'm going to talk to you today about God's amazing work incentives. But I know that some people are so overwhelmed by life that they don't even think about. I mean, they may, may do some good works randomly as as they can, but it's just, they're just overwhelmed by life. Some people, some of you may be in that situation. Others are a little bit, um, I don't think anybody here is law-based, actually thinking that good works contribute to your salvation, especially in light of Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. But there's a big portion of the church that are, actually believe that, that they feel like you, I was talking to a guy, a young guy sharing the gospel with him, the other day in the Fred Meyer parking lot, and I, I said, you know, Jesus loves you, has a great plan for your life, and, and he says, yes, we're saved by faith and works. I thought I'd seen it all, but then that, he said that, that was the first time I've ever heard that back, you know, to that gospel declaration. My response to him was, um, was uh, we're saved by faith and works. Are a, are a byproduct of authentic faith. Did you hear that? Works are a byproduct. Uh, authentic faith does produce good works, but we're not saved by our works. I love what the great um, early 5th century preacher Ambrose of Milan said. He said, authentic faith is the mother of good works. You like that? I like that. Others of us think of good works in terms of only pressing into what Miguel was talking about. And some people, with regard to good works, think to themselves, I'm glad Miguel's doing that, but I could never do that. I would never declare that. God could use you to do anything Jesus did. The spirit of Jesus in you, then you can do anything potentially that Jesus did. And he said, greater works will you do? And he just didn't say, unless your name is, if, only if your name is Miguel. You know? Miguel, do you agree that, that because it's all God? Everyone, potentially. So don't, don't limit God with regard to good works. But others only go for the miraculous. I mean, you think of the book of Acts, it just seems like one miracle after another, after another, after another, after another. But we need to remember, the book of Acts is spread over 30 years. And there was a lot of just sort of basic good works that were done by journeyman Christian that maybe weren't quite so dramatic that are just as important to Jesus as the others, the more dramatic one. 
Testing. There we go. So I want to use Ephesians 2 verse 10 as an anchor, one of my two anchor points today. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it's actually the last verse in the, of the 10 verses I want to read and, and uh, talk about today. But the word there says, we are God's workmanship. We are his workmanship. Everybody say, I am God's workmanship. workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Go ahead and say that. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. You see, you you are in Jesus Christ. And God is at work in you. And he's at work in me. And he's from glory to glory, changing us into the, into, with our personalities, a wonderful expression of the personality of Jesus. From glory to glory, he's changing us into the image and character of Jesus. And God puts a huge premium on this two-word phrase, good works. And I love it that many times in the New Testament, it doesn't specify exactly what the good works are, and that's because there's such a such a, a plethora, such a wide range, such a, such a huge different uh, list of options that good works can be expressed through us. And I want us to have a bit of a paradigm shift with regard to, if you don't think in terms of being able to, to ever do the miraculous, well then have a paradigm shift that God wants to move you into more of the, of the signs and wonders dimensions of good works. And if you only think in terms of signs and wonders as val, uh, valuable, remember that Jesus even says, um, in Matthew 5, 47, he says, some of you guys only greet your friends. What good are you doing that? That's my paraphrase. Jesus is basically putting a premium on when you go for a walk on a spring day, saying hi to people as you walk past. You know, I, I was thinking about this verse, and I went on a bit of a prayer walk this morning, walked past a lady that was packing stuff into a U-Haul trailer. And, and I, I didn't t- take time to, you know, to do the soul-winning script. I, sometimes I don't do that, just so you know. <laughs> but I actually did that with, shared the gospel with another kid on the same walk, but different story. This lady, this lady, I just said to her, well, may God, I said, so you're going through with it, huh? And she said, yeah. She smiled, said, yeah, I'm moving. I said, well, may God's favor and blessing be on this next adventure in your life. And she just beamed. Just, and then she started talking about Jesus. It was just, a, we had a great bit of a fellowship right there. And I, was, I thought, you know, we could probably, here's what, here's the point. Jesus puts a premium on stuff that we may not value like we should. Jesus puts a premium on blessing children, not just think of them as annoying in the way. Jesus puts a premium on giving a cup of cold water to somebody. Jesus puts a premium on saying hi to someone on your walk. Jesus puts a premium on... I love um, what Acts 10, 38, one of our anchor verses today, anchor verses for our whole, our whole ministry here at New Song is, Jesus of Nazareth 
was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he was anointed with power and he went around doing good and healing those that were oppressed of the devil. Just went around doing good. Sometimes, sometimes he welcomes interruptions. Sometimes the most amazing ministry moments happened. How, how do we handle our interruptions? Some of the most amazing opportunities come from interruptions, don't they? We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, if God a billion years ago thought about his workmanship, Dan Mickelson, and he was excited way more than anybody else ever would be about Dan's sense of humor, about the way Dan walks and runs, the way Dan relates to other people, what he would be interested in. And if that same God that decided to give Dan Mickelson the gift of life a billion years from now, I'm foreknown, and with deep appreciation and excitement looking forward to that, and that he has said about Dan Mickelson, I am preparing works for Dan Mickelson to do every day that he is in Jesus Christ. I have a, I have a pre-planned, billion years ago plan, or more planned works that my heart, God says, is filled with value and joy because he's expressing Jesus' life through his personality and the good works that I have prepared for him in his life. He may not enter into all of them because he's got clay feet up to his neck like everybody else does. But I am starting over every day with a series of good works and Dan might be tempted to think, oh, that's just sort of mundane. That's just sort of, well, you know, I'm just, of course I have to do that. But my heart is ab absolutely overflowing with delight and pleasure because I am the God who after everything I created said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is very good. And I am the God who declares over my son that he was anointed of the Holy Spirit and out of that anointing, he went around simply doing good that I am calling Dan Nicholson and everybody within range of my voice to understand that maybe we don't appreciate, we may think of good works as tedious at some level, but God does not. He is thrilled to life, not thrilled to death, thrilled to life and excited about every single little or big great thing that whether it's at Miguel Zayas level, healing, or a smile at a grandson, grandchild, and everything in between. There's huge value in everything that God put, puts before us, and it is incumbent upon us. It is incumbent upon us, dear church, to not just let 
this notion of good works um, ha- happen sort of randomly, but lean into them as, as purpose, as value, as, as why we exist. We too are filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed with the Holy Spirit to go around doing good and including healing the oppressed, however that oppression can happen. Jesus Christ, says John Stott, chaplain to the Queen, pastor of All 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 Souls Church in London, years, Jesus Christ was the supreme do-gooder. That's not, I'd like to modify that. Jesus Christ is, is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still the supreme do-gooder, but now he's working through you, Amen. and he's working through me with great joy and meaning for you and everyone you touch, and especially to the heart of God. So there's intentionality as we lean into good works enthusiastically with expectation because we value what God values and he values every expression of Jesus' life that we express. He's called us to experience Jesus' life and to express Jesus' life. Like how Elizabeth Barrett Browning put it, earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God. My friends, there is nothing mundane in your life. Every time you do the dishes, dishes or vacuum the floor or speak an encouraging word to somebody, it's filled with the fire of God. There's not living from high point to high point to high point with lots of valleys in between. Even when you're in emotional value, there's opportunities to do and to be to speak in ways that fill God's heart with pleasure. And that's what really counts, isn't it? Okay, I've spent half of my talk today on the introduction. (laughs) So I'm not going to be able to go into great detail with the rest of this, but I want to be able to at least say them. There is a seven... God does have a seven-fold work incentive program in Ephesians chapter 2. This is the apostolic teaching of the early church. It is full-on revival culture, kingdom culture, apostolic culture stuff, what I'm about to say, even though it's just about doing good works because it's with God there is no just about. It is supreme in his list of high priorities and purpose for you and for me. One, God makes us spiritually alive. And so the motivations of Jesus are running in our blood. Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 3. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. There is a spirit at work in pre-believers, unbelievers slash pre-believers. There is a spirit 
that's energizing them. They might look like they are, have it all together and are happy in their sins, but God says they are, the, they are the living dead. That's a very strong word in the Greek where it says they are dead in trespasses and sins. The Greek word literally means they are corpses. And I don't know what picture you get when you think of someone energized in life to go after the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the mind, and following the spirit who's at work in disobedience. But it sounds to me, conjures up for me, images of movies of zombies. <laughs> and that might tell us something about the importance of us being shocked into front and center the world really is in a difficult situation. They're the living dead. And we used to be that way too. But God has given us resurrection, Jesus' life. And that was part of our old life, zombie life. And Sometimes the world, the flesh, and the de devil tries to put that old life in front of us and say, isn't that really what you want in this very moment? I wonder what your weakness is. Your tongue? Lust? Greed? Temper? Ambition? Jealousy? The invitation from the Apostle Paul here is to put the resurrection power of Jesus in juxtaposition to that, to that weakness in the moment you face it and see it blasted out of the water and see that song that we sang, that we sang this morning not as just a one-time event where suddenly the chains are broken off and we're free forever, but that we see the chains broken off in the moment as we subject every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ's resurrection, resurrected loving presence in our life. Bam! Blown out of the water yet again. Secondly, God gives us in his sevenfold plan for a work incentive, we have his resurrection life in us. Secondly, God gives us a full emotional love tank. Ephesians 2, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us with, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Notice, with Christ, in Christ, he loves us. The Apostle Paul is completely smitten, completely undone by this triad of mercy, love, and kindness that emanates from the presence of Jesus in his life. A young man mentioned to me how much he was enjoying soul winning this last week and, and uh, healing, praying for healing and prophesying over people. But he said, even though he was doing that, he was feeling like something was missing. And, and then he, it dawned on him that he was so excited about doing the works of Jesus that he was forgetting about Jesus. You know, Jesus said he's the bread of life. Enjoy the presence of Jesus. We're reminded of Psalm 18, sorry, Psalm 16, verse 8, where the psalmist writes, I have set the Lord always before me 
because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. He's a person. He's alive. He's with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. He loves you because Jesus is at your right hand as well as in front of you and at your left hand in you. You're in him. You're Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you are in him. His presence is with you. His presence is with you, not just his power. His personality is with you. Because he is at my right hand, we won't be moved. Then the psalm goes on to say, listen carefully, listen. In your presence is fullness of joy, Jesus, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We don't do end runs around Jesus to get to the pleasures forevermore. He's at my right hand. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. If I want to get to those, I just need to grab Jesus' hand and let him just keep feeding me the pleasures forevermore from his right hand. Amen. Isn't that cool? I love that. Full love tank. Here's a little picture. Picture of a love tank. There you go. Keep it full. Don't look to other people to fill your love tank. He does, he does bless us through the church. He blesses us through our family. If we're married, he blesses us through our spouse. But we cannot depend on another person to be... I've run into so many people who love themselves through other people. And they operate out of an empty love tank. We have to get our love tank filled and keep it filled from the presence of the person of Jesus. The love of Jesus, the love of the Father, the love of the Spirit keeps our emotional, our, our emotional love tank filled. And out of that, out of that overflow comes the good works in a natural way. We're not working out of a desperate need for love because our love tank is full. Three, God gives us a new primary residence. Verse five, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up together, made us sit together where? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have dual citizenship. We have two homes. We are a two family. We are a two home family. We live physically here, but our primary residence is in the heavenly places. That's our biggest reality, our greatest reality. We live from heaven to earth is the invitation. Four, God gives us some very inspiring friends. When I first came to Christ at Battleground High School there, that year, my junior year, there was a singing group that came from Seattle, a Christian singing group that did a concert for us, an assembly one morning at Battleground High School. They sang a lot of Cat Stevens songs and changed the words to Christian words. It's great. And I had three conversations with one of the guys in the group. The group was called The Brethren over the course of the next couple years, just three conversations with one of the groups. Uh, name, the guy's name was Dave. I visited with him the, in the afternoon of the day that they were at Battleground High School. 
and I visited with him when I had started a, the next um, summer. I had, I had booked a Louisville Park venue to get them to come and sing at the park in the summer and then come to a, be an opening night for a new coffee house that I started at the age of 17 with some of the other kids in our youth group. We had that first night. We had 200 people. That was really trippy for teenagers to come out and for the singing group to come. And I, I talked with Dave there. And, but the most meaningful talk I had with him was at another Christian coffee house in Vancouver, Washington, um, a few months later. I'm just saying this to say I never saw him again, but I'll never forget him. There was an impartation of blessing from Dave to Dan as a new Christian that has set me in the, my feet on the right path in Jesus. And only heaven is going to reveal to him what he meant to me. You have people like that in your life. You have had and you still have. And you know what else? You are that for some people. Friends, he made us alive together. He made us sit together. It's a together trip, my friends. The physical presence of other Christians, wrote Dietrich Bonhoeffer, is a source of incomparable joy and strength to the believer. The physical presence of other Christians is a source of incomparable joy and strength to the believer. Five out of the seven. God gives us a fully secured God connection. You holding on okay? You good? No one tripping out? No one going home thinking about pizza afterwards? Now you are. <laughs> I speak the oracles of God. I prophesy it to you. <laughs> that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, undeserved favor, you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The word sozo, or the noun form soteria, saved, it includes not just the free gift of being born of God by grace alone, through faith alone, but it involves not just your born-again experience, being born of God, but healing, health, deliverance, and wholeness. Your acceptance with God, your friendship with God, it's all, all grace-based. We don't offer him anything in exchange for wholeness or for health or for healing. There's no brokering any deals with God. He looks in his own heart, sees undeserved favor when he looks at you, and then gives you the full blessing that Jesus purchased you with you on the cross. Your, your, singular job, your singular job is to have childlike faith to receive. And even if you don't do that, you're still going to be blessed just like your child or grandchildren is blessed even if they're not in a receiving mode from you. You got a good deal, I'm telling you. Six, God gives us an incredible identity upgrade. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The Greek word is po poema. For we are his poema. Everybody say poema. poema. Uh, taught you a Greek lesson there. You, you are his poema. 
It's the root for the word poem. You are his poem. You are his poem that he's writing. He's a great poet. If you don't like poetry, you don't know God's poetry. Because God's poetry is you. The name of his poem is you, and he's still writing it. This stuff, this stuff just is overwhelmingly wonderful stuff. And lastly, God gives us a profoundly personal daily vision. We have dreams, we have destinies, we have prophetic words that we are working for, we are praying for, we are going after in faith. But don't forget about today. A dream for today. A goal for today. God planned the rest of your day today billions of years ago. And he's designed works for you. Some amazingly interesting. Some might seem more mundane, but not in the heart of God. His heart is overflowing with happiness, joy, and laughter. The Bible says he sings with joy over us. And he has created you for good works. So don't, be, don't think you're slipping into legalism if you, if you value good works. Be robust in your full enjoyment of good works because your springboard is secure. You're grace-based. You're not earning anything from God. You're just celebrating why you were designed. You're just why you were created. Church, look at me. If you get a hold of this, more and more, you will be energized with happiness for life because I'm telling you, this is your purpose of your life. To live out every day you have. As you go after your dreams and your goals, most of the time it will happen with your, within the context of your family, your job, your neighborhood. It will happen through random interruptions. But it will also happen because of ministries that you're called to. But the invitation from this passage is to lean into it. To see the pleasure it brings to the heart of God and go after it with enthusiasm. Enthusiasm made up of two words in the Greek. Uh, en, in, theos, God. You are in God. Be in God. Be enthusiastic. Amen. I'm not going to take time to tell you about All right, I'll tell you one story. In the mid-1800s, a good work that this one guy did was at a creek. With his, he had a gun, his rifle, with his two buddies in the Medford area. Is that a creek? And he came across three big grizzly bears. And one started charging him. So he, he shot it and killed it. And, and they ended up having to kill all three of the grizzly bears. And I thought, you know, I have to just work this into my sermon somewhere. This is so interesting. <laughs> and it became, they, they named the creek Bear Creek after that. And I thought, you know, if they, weren't Christi- if they weren't Christians, well, fine. They, the guy did a good work. He saved his buddy, saved himself. And a lot of times, good works can seem like it can just be something anybody can do. Fine. 
But when it's you doing it, it's God's heart that's overflowing with happiness. And he's the one that counts. He's the one that matters. And I just want to say there's just so much variety in it. That's all I want to say about that. We're going to finish with this Peanuts cartoon. If you can lay down at night knowing in your heart that you made someone's day just a little bit better, you know you had a good day. We're going to have the worship band come up and sing another worship song while communion elements are going to be passed out. Then we're going to to touch Jesus together in the communion event, communion moment, as we conclude today.
us, truth equals reality. Let's stand up. Stand up for a moment. Thank you for the revelation of good works. Thank you, God, for the invitation to increase the joy in your heart by valuing what you value about our destiny, our lives. We say we're never going to depend on our good works for favor with you, acceptance with you, never. The blood of Christ is too, too important to mess with that way or to add anything to that. We praise you, God. We praise you that we can bring you joy. We are among those who are filled with the Holy Spirit and power and are going around doing good and healing the oppressed. And it's all because of the cross and resurrection of Jesus. We partake right now of the body of Christ and own its efficacy, its power for us right now. of Jesus right now. We receive fresh filling of your spirit as we go. Thank you for your generosity with the spirit. Friends, if you would like a prayer of agreement, we'll have our uh, altar work team, our pastoral care altar work team come on up right now. If you'd like prayer for any kind of miracle in your life, hustle up here, get prayer. We will stand with you for a breakthrough in the area you're looking for, healing or anything else, body, soul, or spirit. Thank you for joining us from home today. We love you. Glad you could be with us too. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being with us today.